I was in my home that was destroyed from the search warrant. I mean, every room was piles of stuff from every drawer, every closet, piles. And my and I had no business to distract me. It was it was hard. That's that was the bad news. The good news is it gave me the time and kind of forced me to use to, to use this thoughtfully fit model um, to be able to navigate that so that I then could hopefully try to act thoughtfully. I'm your host, Rob Cook, and this is Contenders Wanted, the show where we believe incredible success doesn't have to come at the expense of your family, your faith, or anything else that makes life worth living. Too many success stories nowadays celebrate people who either sacrificed these things for their own success or became successful before realizing the importance of them. Our mission is to show the world you can have both incredible success and the things that make your goals worth reaching for. We know it's possible because we've seen it in our own lives and the lives of our guests. So if you're ready to go from contender to champion, then join us where contenders are always wanted. Trolls. Social media trolls, that is. Aren't they the worst? There you are scrolling through social media at the end of a long day, just wanting to check out for a few minutes when you stumble upon a troll comment. And no matter who you are, we've all got at least a few friends who make those troll comments. Maybe it's an old friend from high school or your freshman year of college. You don't want to unfriend them in case they were to see it. You don't want to make them feel bad. But life's gone on, and you've drifted apart. And now, even after you've unfollowed them, somehow they still seem to hit your feet every so often. And it's always those comments that just irk you, get you fired up a bit. So you decide you've had enough. You narrow your eyes and, like Dr. House, pound out a scathing, sarcastic response that somehow both destroys their logic without remorse and subtly, personally attacks them, and then hits send. However, as soon as you do, you immediately regret it. You want to delete it, but it's already out there, and its damage is already inflicted. But what if you could have paused and stopped yourself? Would you have? Maybe you still would have responded, but instead of channeling your inner Dr. House, you instead could have channeled your inner Jane Bennett then responded with kindness and civility. Either way, we've all faced moments where our worst selves have come out because of knee-jerk reactions and strong emotions. And more often than not, those moments don't serve us well. So how can we learn to pause, think clearly, and then act more purposefully? Well, that is exactly the purpose of today's guest system, Thoughtfully Fit. Darcy Luoma is the author of Thoughtfully Fit. She is a master certified coach, a dynamic facilitator, and inspiring motivational speaker. As the owner and CEO of Darcy Luoma Coaching and Consulting, she's worked in 48 industries with more than 500 organizations to create high-performing people and teams. On the episode today, we talk about the horrific events surrounding the arrest of Darcy's husband and how that became the ground zero for her to test out her very own thoughtfully fit system. Darcy explains the core pieces of her system and then gives us specific tips to put into practice the key pieces in her system, specifically learning how to pause. We discuss the importance of self-awareness and self-mastery in today's fast-paced world and how slowing down just may be the key to speeding up your path to success. For Darcy's full bio, be sure to check out our show notes on your podcast player and on our website at contenderswanted.com. And with that, let's jump right in. All right, Darcy Luoma, welcome to the show. Thank you, Rob. Great to be here. 
Well, thank you for coming. Uh, for listeners in the show, I got connected with Darcy a couple of months ago, found her her book, read it. It was a fantastic book. Highly recommend it for anyone. We'll leave links to it in the show notes. But Darcy, why don't you take a moment here at the beginning of the show, introduce yourself to listeners, tell us a little bit about who you are and what it is that you do. Mm, thank you. I have, I own a coaching and consulting firm. So everything I do focuses around creating high performing people and teams. That's my passion. And in particular, we focus on solving people problems that get in the way of being high performing. And we do that through the model that I researched and developed called Thoughtfully Fit. And I, I, I came to this because I spent a couple of decades in politics working for some presidential campaigns and a governor and a U.S. senator. And I noticed both uh, in my own behavior, when I didn't handle myself thoughtfully, things were worse <laughs> when I got triggered, when I overreacted. And I also noticed when I had lobbyists or constituents that were coming to stage a die-in about the war and mm-hmm. or protesters, that when they were not handling themselves thoughtfully, They weren't getting the results that they wanted. So combine that with thousands of hours of coaching clients who were bringing in their problems, coming to coaching with me. I do executive and life coaching and saying, here's where I'm stuck. Here's what I want. Here's what I want to focus today on the coaching. A lot of times it centered around them not being thoughtful either in internally with themselves being mindful and intentional in how they're living their life, which I think aligns with a lot of your message and your mission, Rob, and then mm-hmm. also bringing problems in externally in relationship with others where they're like, oh, I didn't handle that well. And now I made it worse. Yeah. Well, there's a lot that we could unpack there and a lot of different areas that we're going to go down, I'm sure, throughout the course of this interview. Um, but before we really jump in, I always, I sometimes kind of like to start shows with a kind of off topic question, just because it kind of helps us connect um, with everyone else that's listening out there. So Darcy, you mentioned that you are a bit of a travel junkie and have traveled extensively. I'd love to know what are some of your favorite places in the world and why? Mm. Yes, I love traveling. I did, I had a, in the book, I talk about in the prologue, my travel, my adventure wife. And so we would every year go on an adventure and we'd alternate international, national. And so Machu Picchu in Peru, Turkey, uh, China, Tibet, traveled all around Europe. And then certainly in the US, we've done a whole bunch of backcountry hiking, hut to huts. We kayaked around uh, and and biked around the circumference of Nova Scotia. And then we kayaked five wow. days, um, just all sorts of, and, and sometimes we, I build travel around uh, triathlons or marathons or, or races as well. That's right. I forgot that you do that, do quite a bit of those. Yeah. So if you had to choose maybe a couple of places that are, would be in your top 10 that just come to mind, what would be some of those for you? Oh, wow. Uh, so I would say, um, well, one of my top 10, I just went this summer. We, we spent uh, almost two weeks, 10 days camping in Crested Butte, Colorado. And it was, Ooh, yeah. oh, it was phenomenal. Yeah. It, I, I, my top places, I tend to 
design my vacations around where can I have access to the outdoors and to have some kind of a physical adventure? Where can we do some hiking, some biking, some kayaking? And so it's like a, a, a double dip. We get to explore a new area and be a tourist and also build in fitness so that it's not like, yeah. oh, I'm going on vacation. And when I get back, I'll get fit again and lose all that weight from, 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 you know, being a tourist treats and everything else that you've been probably, t- you know, taste yes. testing the local food the whole time. Yeah, totally exactly. Good. Right. So I tend to love to create my, my travel adventures around, uh, some kind of fitness or adventure. Yeah. I love that. That's a great, great idea. And for anyone who hasn't gone camping in the Rockies, do it. It's yes. a fantastic, beautiful place. There's myriad of places you can go and it's absolutely beautiful and pretty much all it's- Gorgeous. The Pacific Northwest. We, we did a hut oh, to hut. I love the Pacific Northwest. Yes. Like there's one just, of our favorite places. Yeah. So many. So I, I would say that those would be, if anything, in the top 10 where you can have access to nature and some beauty and some adventure. Yeah. I wholeheartedly agree with you on that one. All right. Well, let's jump in a little bit. We're going to kind of jump into your story. Um, and so why don't we perhaps start there? Because I feel like that's a good launching pad for so many things that pertain to your program and to, you know principles that, that are valuable for listeners. Um, so you mentioned that you were a public servant. You mentioned that you've been doing coaching for years. But um, the heart of your story, it feels like from your book and a lot of other things, really began the night that your husband was arrested. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't mind, could you perhaps tell listeners a little, little bit about that story? What happened that night and yeah. what was going through your mind? Yes. And so I have spent really my whole career. I love looking at how um, individuals show up and how effective they are and how and team dynamics and, and how regardless of whether it's politics or, you know, you've got a law firm or financial planning, whatever it is, how can you be more effective at doing what you do? So I had spent two decades studying personal effectiveness and um, and then ultimately brought that to my full-time business when I left politics officially and launched my full-time business in January of 2013. And I told my husband, I was the sole breadwinner for our family of four. And so I I told my husband, who was a full-time stay-at-home dad to our two young daughters, that I was going to go gonzo with my new business because the majority of uh, small businesses fail within the first two years. And that's what I did. And two years in, I was had a flourishing business. It was, it was fantastic. I expanded. Thank you. It was, it was good. I also woke up with adrenal fatigue syndrome because I was overdoing it. Um, but I, at, at that point decided to expand my dis- business and brought on uh, a team of six coaches and consultants and trainers. So I, at that point, um, took the years and years and years of research I had on what gets in the way of being high performing and developed the thoughtfully fit model. And it officially came to light on a Saturday in March of 2016. And I was so excited because it was like all of those six hurdles, what we had all these flip charts and post-its everywhere. And it's like, yes, this is it. And so Monday I called and hired a a strategic planning consultant to help us put it out into the world in a big way. Mm -hmm. Three days later on Thursday afternoon, I got a phone call from my neighbor uh, asking me, she said, Darcy, what is going on at your house? And I said, I don't know. I'm not home. Why? 
there is a SWAT team, there are police cars, there's 40 or 50 officers with guns, and they just took John out handcuffed. He was barefoot and he wouldn't look at us. What? 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 My husband? What are you talking about? I I found out um, later that my husband was arrested that day for sexual assault of a minor he had met online. It was the day before our 10-year wedding anniversary. And the week before we were going to go take an RV trip and, and, and explore all of the, the, the national parks. And my life just blew up in the most extreme way. And I had to hire an attorney because the charges were so severe. His mugshot was all over the news and the newspaper and the media. And my attorney said, Darcy, don't talk to anybody about anything. Like these are severe charges. We don't know if you are also a suspect don't talk. And so I became ground zero to test drive my, my, this thoughtfully fit model that five days earlier had been finalized uh, in order to work through the, the, the biggest nightmare I've ever experienced. I, I'm not going to lie. As I came across that in the book, I was a bit shell-shocked even myself, Dick, kind of to read about that. Yeah. Um, and honestly, as I was reading it, all I could think about were your girls. Yes. Um, how, yes. how, how did your girls handle it? You talk about you using Thoughtfully Fit. How did you help mm. them handle oh. it? Them? So they were eight and nine. They had mm. never, I, I, I don't think, gone a day without their dad tucking them in and making them breakfast and driving them to dentist appointments and Girl Scouts. And so that was devastating for of anything. I mean, I don't care what happened to me. That was immediately my fear. Oh my God, where are the, where are the girls right now? If there's a SWAT team and they're doing a search warrant, where are they right now? What's happening? Are they safe? And of course that was, that became 100% my focus. Um, And what I'll say is um, they, I had to um, figure out, how how did how do I tell this to them? What's appropriate? What's not? I hired um, child psychologists to help me navigate this because I had no idea. I had no idea how to help them through this and how to have them not be damaged and um, you know uh, their life be over. It was horrible, Rob. I, I, and I feel like I could keep talking, but let, let me pause and see what direction you want me to go. No, I mean, please, it can just keep going. Keep going. I'll, okay. I'll, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll move it as we need to, but please, okay. please yeah. continue. Yeah, perfect. So really what, what, what happened there, I mean, I, I, I um, ultimately um, realized that the story was getting worse, not better. Most stories have, you know, 24, 48, 72 hour news cycle, and then they move on. Well, because my husband was one of five different suspects that also were ultimately arrested over months. Every time there was a new suspect, his mugshot was there. There was media trucks uh, in the front of our house. And I, I realized that I need to take care of them and they need to be in a safe environment. And it was my sister who said, Darcy, 
I think you should um, send them to live with me in another state five hours away. So ultimately, I gave her legal uh, legal, legal guardianship temporarily, and they they moved um, and lived with her while I tried to navigate um, the, the 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 legal proceedings for myself. Um, they confiscated all of my computers, my laptops. I had client files on everything, and so I would not give them permission to do a search. So it took me a long time and tens of thousands of dollars to protect all my client files that they wouldn't return the equipment until they had searched everything. Um, divorce attorneys, uh, I hired a PR crisis communications firm to try to figure out how do I not lose my business? Um, because when I went to my therapist, um, she said, yeah, I, I found a, a, a new therapist. My therapist said she wouldn't see me because she didn't want to be subpoenaed. Um, and so I found a new, oh, yeah, okay. it was so I found a new therapist and she said, um, you know, Darcy, I'm going to write you a note to take tip for to your employer because you need to take some time off work. And I'm like, I don't have an employer. If I don't work, I don't get paid. <laughs> right. And so my instinct at that moment was was to work more. Everything that you uh, that you uh, uh, champion, Rob, about like faith and family, I am sad and embarrassed to say I I I went into tunnel vision. Like I need to, I need my business. Well, you were in survival care. mode. Frankly. I was in survival mode. Yes, and that was my instinct. And I usually have good instincts. In that case, I didn't. Thankfully, the the, the PR firm, the crisis communications firm that I had hired, she mm-hmm. said to me boldly. She said, Darcy, people will not fault you for what your husband did. They will fault you for not being a present mom. You need to take off time from work, like months from work. That stung because I was like, first of all, how do I make money? And second of all, oh, my God, now I'm a bad mom. <laughs> and and, and at the moment, add to the pile, right? I just at pile on. And I, I completely disagreed with her. And I told her that I said, Lori, I, I don't agree, but you know what? I'm paying you money to advise me. So I'm going to do what you say, what you say, because I'm not thinking straight. And in hindsight, that was a 100% the right decision to uh, step away from work and focus on my daughters and helping them navigate this and focus on my own mental health to be able. And if I hadn't done that, I wouldn't be here today talking to you about how I came through it. I'd be in it still. I'm certain. I can imagine. So then that leads me to to wonder, I mean, your, your girls, your, your husband was now taken away. Your yeah. girls are now in another state. Yeah. That could potentially be an incredibly lonely time and painful and a host of other words that we could use to describe it. How did you get through it? How did you either use the principles of thoughtfully fit or just, I mean, I imagine just because life is messy, it was messy. So how did you get through it? So messy. And Rob, your heart and compassion is, I mean, just to, to be able to like peel away all of the, the sensational details I'm saying and recognize how lonely it was. I was in my home that was destroyed from the search warrant. I mean, I had never seen you. You see that on Law & Order. Every room was piles of stuff from every drawer, every closet, piles. My, my, my husband was gone. We were supposed to be celebrating our 10-year wedding anniversary. And on this spring break tip, my daughters were gone and, my, and I had no business to distract me. It was It was hard. And what that, when, when, when I then, that's, that was the bad news. The good news is 
it gave me the time and kind of forced me to use to to use this thoughtfully fit model and 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 at the core of the model I talk about these three steps to help you through any situation mm-hmm. count yourself thoughtfully is the first is to pause that created this pause that I wasn't because my instinct was to just go through the motions and and kind of numb out I wasn't mm-hmm. able to it gave me time to think and to to get the support that I needed from child psychologists, from my own therapist, from my crisis communications firm, from my divorce attorney, um, to be able to navigate that so that I then could hopefully try to act thoughtfully amidst the mess that I found myself in. Yeah. Well, you've alluded now to the the program a couple different times. Perhaps give listeners what's the high-level overview of at least the core uh, yeah. of the program. Yeah. So, so the core thoughtfully fit, I've been a lifelong athlete and um, I just finished my 23rd season of doing triathlons. And the one thing that I have learned, thank you. (laughs) The one thing I've learned is um, if you don't train and practice, it's pretty miserable. If you want to try to, you know, go do a race and you've been there, right? (laughs) I have too. And so in order to be physically fit, you need to train and you need to practice. And regardless of whether you want to play, you know, intramural hockey or volleyball or basketball or be able to run a marathon, or you just want to play with your kids in the front yard or put your own suitcase up in the overhead bin, right? Or take the stairs. Having a strong core helps you to be stronger in all of those activities and be less likely to get injured. So thoughtfully fit was a model that I created based on those core principles of being physically fit. That if you want to be mentally and thoughtfully fit and handle your life and your relationships that are messy, handle them thoughtfully, you need to train and practice. You can't just wake up and respond well to an email of somebody attacking you if you haven't trained and practiced. And, 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 and I saw it many times with the po- politics, um, with myself learning the hard way and with coaching clients. And so thoughtfully fit also has a core. And when you can build and strengthen and engage your core, you, all those interactions are stronger and you're less likely to create more conflict, more injury. And that core is three simple steps. You pause, think, and act. And you don't do it once, right? Just like you don't want to do 20 sit-ups once a month and be like, ooh, I've got a strong core. You do it over and over and over multiple times. And the more you train and practice on the small stuff, somebody cuts you off in, you know, in, in line at, at, uh, at Target and you just want to like shoot them a nasty look or say something, you pause and think, you know what? wave them in. Like, do I really want to put my energy there? No, you act by being gracious and thoughtful. The more you practice and train on the small stuff, the easier it is on the big stuff. So luckily I had just finalized this model, this, how do you handle your life obstacles, crises in a thoughtful way? And I then became ground zero to actually implement it in my own life. So would you mind then perhaps sharing an example from this story or, or another, if it comes to mind, where you used the core of pause, think, and act uh, to perhaps react or act thoughtfully um, in a situation that may have in the past not been one where you acted more thoughtfully? Yes. A perfect example. Uh, I, I won't share all the details, context leading up to it. 
because it doesn't matter, but found myself on the phone with uh, on on um, two days after the arrest when I realized um, before I had sent my daughters to my sisters to live that um, it was Sunday and they had to get on the bus Monday morning, the next morning, and I had a leadership retreat to facilitate and I had to leave before they would get on the bus. Right. I I hadn't yet hit the pause button. I was still in like work mode. Crisis and all of a sudden mode. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my God, what am I going to do? Normally John would would get them ready for school. So I called another parent um, or I texted. I asked the girls, would you be okay to stay with a friend tonight? And my daughter said, yeah. I said, whose friend would you like to stay with? So I texted that mom and said, hey, I've got a big favor. Uh, my life you know, has, has blown up. Clearly would- a little upside down at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Would you be able to take the girls? Well, five minutes later, I see the phone is ringing and it's her. She didn't text back. And I answer and she said, Darcy, and again, longer, longer story, but the short version of is, is if I find that they have any pictures or video of my daughter, um, the police finding I'm, I'm sending the mafia to your house and my husband has ties to the mafia. Okay. Rob, in that moment, like. I just, I, 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 got, I can't even describe, I, I mean, I got hot. I got, I, I, my, my mama bear mode went in. I got, and I got angry. That's a I threat got, of violence. That's Anyone a threat of violence. sort of protective yeah. parent is going to have that immediate reaction. I got scared. I mean, all of this rush of emotions. Now in the past, I would have told her off and, you know, and all of those emotions would have ruled the day. Mm-hmm. And that was the place where it's just like, okay, pause, 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 breathe, think, okay, what's happening right now? This is out of character for her. She's a friend you've known for a long time. Our daughters have been doing play dates since they were three years old. Oh my God, she's scared. She's scared. Her daughter was at our house under John's supervision alone. She, she, this isn't about, she's not attacking me. She's protecting her daughter. And so in that moment, being able to engage my core, because again, I practiced many, 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 many times. I had a strong core. I was able to resist that first urge to have the knee-jerk reaction and to pause and think and then to to act thoughtfully and say, oh my gosh, I can understand you're scared. Now, I also did not send her to my daughter to her house that night, right? Because the emotions were too strong, but I was able to act thoughtfully and not blow up and th- and add fuel to the fire in that moment. Yeah. I think this is a fantastic example, but I think the key to a lot of this engaging the core is that very first step, the pause, yes. right? And you've already admitted that as a natural go-getter, high achiever, that pause is very difficult. And as I was reading the book, I honestly, I, when I read that part, I said, well, amen. Yeah, that, that that is very, very hard. And I assume that for most people who are listening to this show, that, that's likely the case as well for them. Um, if you're the kind that wants to be a go, wants to achieve great things, you, you are all, you tend to be a bit of a go-getter. So I guess my next question then is how do you learn to pause? How do you create that space? Cause I don't know about you, but in my life, as I reflect on different experiences, the ones that don't turn out well are the ones where it's just an immediate reaction. Right. And I don't leave space for the pause, but you have to train yourself to do that. You do. Uh, you how, do. How do we you start do where you are. So, so you're not going to go, uh, somebody who's listening tomorrow and do 200 sit-ups. If you haven't been training and practicing and say, I want a strong yeah. core, you're going to start and you might do 10 sit-ups 
and you're going to do them over and over regularly, right? So you, you have to start where you are and you start small. So I say right now, anybody who's listening, you practice the pause in the little stuff. When your spouse gets home and says, you haven't started dinner yet? You realize we have to be at the game in 10 minutes. And you feel that defensive, you feel your, you know, the heat rising and you want to snap back. What? You think it's, oh, pause. Okay, pause. <laughs> right? Practice. And maybe that's not even a, that's maybe not even a small example. Maybe there's even a smaller example, right? Um, where you just are wanting to, you get an email and somebody says, hey, are you free Friday night to, to do something? And your immediate response is to, to reply, pause, think. Do I really want to do this on Friday night? How does this align with my work-life balance? How does this align with my priorities? Instead of that instinct, just saying yes. And so, so you start where you are. And one of the things that has helped me as an athlete, I, I, I need structures. And so I do something called the pause pinch. So if this is helpful, Rob, and for those people yeah, who are watching or listening, if you just take your left hand and, and make an L, like um, put it out and take your right hand and your thumb and your forefinger, pinch in between the thumb and forefinger on your left hand. This is a reflexology point. So it's also going to reduce right the stress. But this I call the pause pinch because when I'm feeling like I'm at risk of, of reacting impulsively, I can do this pause pinch on my lap. I can do it behind. I can do it where nobody even has to see it. And it's my reminder to breathe, to pause don't react. And it helps to serve as that reminder. Now I can do it. I, I Now it, it's something like I just, because I practice so much, it just comes naturally to pause. It did not for a long time. So if you, and I think okay. you're right, contenders probably have a harder time pausing because they're good at acting and they want to achieve and find success. Yeah. I think that's a fantastic point. Some sort of physical thing that you can do to remind yourself or to, to fit, make yourself do it. Like the, I have one, for example, that I use. Um, I have this bad habit of sometimes having negative or, you know, thoughts that I don't want in my head come in my head. So I developed this thing where I, I call it my delete button. I pretend like I have like the, the Jeopardy little like clicker and I just delete, delete. You know, I'm like holding it. I'm pressing the button. I'm just deleting it from my mind. Right. And, and, and even I'll find with sound effects. Just doing that. Not even not even realizing it. I'm like, Oh, I'm, Oh yeah. I had that thought that I should, I should, I didn't want in my head. Look at that. Um, so yeah, there's all sorts of, of, of things that you can do like that, that are just kind of use your body to help yourself then mentally do what you want to be doing. I think it's a, that's a great point. Thank you yeah. for sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. So great tip, by the way, I love the delete button. That's oh, thanks. Fabulous. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, another one actually, as I was reading that, I thought, well, personally, I love using alarms. My wife jokes that I have far too many of them, but then I'll put like just a little reminder to like, hey, pause, pause, pause. Because I don't know about you, but I'm the kind where it's like, I'll find something, some, I'll read something. Oh, that's such a great idea. I like that. But then the business of life happens and I forget about it later. Right? I don't I don't remember to pause. But if I remind myself, you know, a half a dozen times over the course of, a, you know, uh, maybe you know, a couple times a day over the course of a month, all of a sudden it's like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about it more often because it's now just become ingrained in part of what I do. Oh, yeah, pause, pause, pause. That's wonderful. I have a client who have set her passwords to be a reminder to different words that work for her. So every time she's putting in a password, it's some version of breathe, pause. I actually do a similar thing as well. Do you? Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah the, all great ideas for, for listeners out there. If you want to adopt this, this pause, think, act model, it's, 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 a, it's a good thing. Well, as I was reading the book and as in the course of our conversation, it reminded me that as I 
was reading, I kept having this feeling that self-awareness and this self-management um, are, are might even be a layer a little bit deeper even within just the core. Because we talk about the core as these three, three things, and they're fantastic. But I just kept feeling like these themes of self-awareness and self-management just kept coming back throughout Thoughtfully Fit. Um, in your opinion, why are these two skills so important for success or for being Thoughtfully Fit and generally in our lives? Yes. That that you just nailed it, right? If there if there's a, a, a what's behind this, it's being able that self awareness. You have to be aware. Oh, I'm getting triggered. Oh, I'm rest. I'm at risk of having a knee jerk reaction that's going to make things worse. If you don't have that awareness, um, you with awareness comes access to new actions. So so that self awareness is essential. The self-management is the part then where you are making a choice. And so that's where I look at the, the pause, think, act. You pause and think to give you the chance to create that self-awareness. Then the acting, you act thoughtfully, you self-manage. You don't do what that first knee-jerk instinctual reaction is. You self-manage instead of yelling like, are you kidding me? The mafia, but oh, that's really not going to make things better right now. And that self-managing is what allows you to have the ability to respond thoughtfully in any moment. I love that. So then this makes me want to, to ask you then, in your opinion, why are we always lacking, it feels like, in these areas? I feel like as a society in general, especially if you look on like social media um, and a lot of interactions politically, I mean, you come from the political world, there's a lot of just knee jerk, a lot of hurt feelings that tend to pop up very, very quickly in those types of situations. Why do you feel like we, we lack so much these two areas? I think you just, you just named it. And if we clear away everything, we are in a fast paced world social media and you're scrolling and you're emailing and texting and everything is happening in a fast pay at a fast pace in order to create self-awareness you have to slow that pace down in order to self-manage your response you have to slow things down we are not in a society right now that appreciates slowness <laughs> we are in a society that appreciates and and really pushes things to move quickly mm -hmm. i mean it, it, as you're talking for some reason i thought of the song i can't even remember what the song is called but the line goes all i do is win 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 no matter what i mean like if, if our society if that is literally like one of our theme songs is just win 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 no wonder it's hard to, to pause to think and then to act and i think that's actually one of the more counterintuitive tools for success is the more thoughtful and sometimes slower you go, the better your results actually wind up being in the long term. Have you seen that in your story? 100%. Case of your guess. Yes. And and so Thoughtfully Fit, the model, it, it has, it outlines the, the six hurdles that I found my clients struggle with. I, after thousands of hours of coaching, individuals, executives, leaders, managers, like they're all struggling with the same problems. And so that's where I spent years researching. And the problems came, these people problems, when they were not handling themselves thoughtfully 
in the moment. So now not only do you have the initial problem, you know, you, you get a, an email from somebody criticizing you and they hit reply all to your whole team. If you don't slow down to respond thoughtfully, now you pound out that defensive reply. And furthermore, you, you blame them back for something. You've just made it worse. So instead of being able to get back to doing what you do best, now you got to go and put all this energy into cleaning up the mess because you just escalated this. And so when you can slow things down, it actually speeds up your ability to be effective elsewhere because you you can get back to doing what you do best. Yeah, no, I've definitely seen that in my own life. Uh, I found that the the more I actually slow down, the I am far more effective with the things that I do do. So I might be less productive, quote unquote, getting less things done, but my inputs are better and therefore my outputs um, are far more uh, purposeful and impactful on my life. Yes. Yeah. Great example. Totally um, I, I keep having this question that keeps coming to my mind and I, I'm just going to ask it now, even if it doesn't quite fit in with where we were flowing here. Um, but you've referenced multiple different coaches or consultants or professionals that you use. Mm-hmm. And I know that you are a big fan of, co- I mean, you mentioned, um, a therapist, PR consultants, you mentioned child psychologists, you mentioned your uh, implementation coach, your own personal coach, you know, all these different people that you use. Yeah. Um, so you're clearly a fan of coaching. Um, yeah. For some people, I feel like coaching might be one of those things that is new to them outside of the realms of sports. Mm-hmm. Um, in your opinion, why is coaching outside of sports, you know, just for life in general, why is it so valuable? Yes. And, and, and if I can adjust the question just a little bit, instead of saying outside of the realm of sports, I'll use that as a metaphor. Right. And so, um, you know, Michael Phelps is a high, the most decorated Olympian of all times. He's going to be a phenomenal swimmer, no matter what, but without a coach, he wouldn't have been Michael Phelps reached the level he reached. Right. And, and, and so to me, I, I believe in coaches. I love being high performing. And I know that coaches and, and, and working with other people helps me to see my blind spots, help to create some support mm-hmm. and some accountability so that I can get to that place of success and achievement. Um, it, not only, I don't know, say faster necessarily, um, but in a, in a way that is more aligned with my values and that gets me to where I want to go. Do you need a coach? No, of course not. I mean, again, Michael Phelps would have been a great swimmer without a coach, but you're not going to achieve what you want to at the levels you want to, if indeed that's your goal, uh, without a coach, because we can't see our own blind spots. And that's why I, people say, why do you, I'm, I almost always have a coach, a, 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 an executive, a business coach, a life coach. You are a coach, Darcy. Why do you need a coach? It's like, Dentists need dentists, right? I mean, I'm a kick-ass coach. I love coaching and I'm able to ask tough questions and help my clients explore new perspectives and point out their blind spots, just like my coaches do for me. Yeah. I think that's honestly a very, um, very important thing to have in your life. Uh, As you're talking, it made me think, you know, people love and tout the idea of mentors, but mentors are effectively free coaches. That's what they do, right? A mentor is someone who's been willing to take you under their wing and effectively give you free coaching. Somewhat. Um, If I can just, just um, 
Yes. If I can, th- this is one of my missions because I believe so much in coaching. It, can I take a minute to just give the quick de- distinction between a mentor and a coach? Please. Yeah. So, yeah, please um, and I believe wholeheartedly in mentors. I've had mentors and I have been a mentor, but if I'm your mentor, Rob, I'm the expert. Okay. I'm coming in and I'm mentoring you. I'm saying, Rob, here's what you need to do. Here's what I've learned. Here's, I want you to update your resume, come to this event tonight. I know I'm the, I'm the mentor. I'm the expert. If I'm coaching you, mm-hmm. you're the expert. I have no idea mm-hmm. what you That's should do or shouldn't do. I'm asking, what do you want? What does success look like? What are the obstacles? What's getting in the way? How could you tackle those? I'm noticing that you're saying that you want this and yet your energy is giving me the feeling that you want that. Oh, yeah. So that's the biggest distinction. And a lot of times when I'm, um, Mm. I I do a lot of uh, helping managers take a coaching approach and and create a coaching culture in organizations, they come in feeling like they have a coaching organization, right? And they don't, they have a mentoring organization. Great. Mentoring is good, but it's not coaching. Well, thank you for the distinction there. Yeah. Um, I had never really thought about that, but I I can see where you're coming from for sure. In that, in that respect. Um, but from my own personal experience, they're both very valuable mentors and coaches. Absolutely. Um, And that's the one place where, sorry, go ahead. Oh no, please go for it. I was just going to say that that's the one place where, where there is a distinction and and a difference with, with athletic coaches from life coaching and leadership coaching, right? Because an athletic coach does is the expert and knows, although yeah. with my triathlon coach, she's coming to me and saying, Darcy, what are your goals? I'm not saying I want to get to the Olympics. I'm not even saying I want to win my triathlons. I'm saying my goals are, I want to be fit. I want to have fun. I want to be injury free. And I want to have a social community to be able to uh, have a strong emphasis on exercise. So then she builds and she coaches me around my goals. Does that make sense? That makes sense. Yeah, that makes that makes total sense. Um, but I, I like that distinction, though. The idea of the the coach effectively pulls out of you what's already there, whereas the mentor tells you what you should be doing. Yeah. Um, I think that's a that's a great distinction. Yeah. Love that. Well, well, Darcy, honestly, we haven't even been able to cover half the stuff that I would love to talk about with you as it pertains to your program and for listeners out there. I wholeheartedly endorse her book, Thoughtfully Fit. Check it out if this whole com- if any part of this conversation has been valuable to you. We didn't even cover half of her program. That's it outlined in that book, not even half. Um, so this has been fantastic. Um, but I know that we're getting close to, you know, needing to finish here. So I'd like to ask you the one question we ask every single person who comes on this show. And that is, what does it mean to you to be a contender? Mm, love that. It's interesting because, you know, as a coach, I'm helping others to find their success and to define it and to clear the obstacles. Um, And for me, being a contender in triathlon means I am training, I'm practicing, I'm disciplined, I'm consistent, I'm getting a coach. And so, you know, those are the principles I'm bringing to my work and my vision to help create this thoughtfully fit world where people are handling themselves in a thoughtful way. So that's what I'm in. And I, in, in preparation for this, I looked up contender and it's, you know, uh, a person compete or group competing with others to achieve something. That's what I want to achieve. I want to make this world a thoughtfully fit world where people can handle themselves thoughtfully, whether it is political unrest, social unrest, a global pandemic, 
different personalities, different uh, political viewpoints, so that we don't have the violence and the the, the conflict that we're seeing. So that's that's I, I kind of went around a, a whole. I don't know if that answered the question or not, but to me, that's that's what I'm working towards as a contender. Well, I think we can clearly see. I mean, for you, being a contender is is living that mission, sharing it, and you know, and being dedicated to that cause. And we we hope that your time with us further helps that that cause. Oh my gosh, did it ever! Thank you very much for your thoughtful questions and and the the, the I'm just going to say, I mean, I listened to your podcast. The amount of effort and work you put in up front to making them valuable for the listeners is incredible. You're very good at what you do. Yeah. Thank you so much. Well, Darcy, why don't you take a moment here at the end and maybe perhaps tell listeners how they can either get a hold of you, learn more about your coaching or uh, anything else? Oh, sure. So DarcyLuma.com is my website and that outlines, you know, not only our, our services with the coaching and keynote speaking and um, and consulting, but also there's a lot of free rubs, uh, resources on there. I've got my Thoughtfully Fit Thursday videos I do every week. I've got the Thoughtfully Fit Tips, the blog. Um, and so you can check that out. And anybody who's curious, we didn't get into the six obstacles that get in the way of being high performing. So anybody who wants to go to thoughtfullyfit.com, you can take a free quiz, two or three minute quiz, and it will give you your biggest obstacle of those six, what I found every client struggles with that gets in the way of being high achieving and being a contender, it'll spit out your biggest obstacle. And then what are some strategies to be able to overcome and clear that hurdle uh, in in a way that uh, is thoughtfully fit? Well, we will leave a links to both the website then and perhaps even just straight to the quiz if people are interested in that. Um, Darcy, thank you so much again for coming on the show. Really enjoyed this today. Thank you, Rob. All right, contenders, that's a wrap on episode 35. Thanks so much for taking some time and listening to the episode with us today. As I reviewed the episode and was thinking about my key takeaways and the things that I want to apply as I'm striving for success and contending in my own life, I kept going back to this lesson of learning to pause and how it really is the key to all of Darcy's program, learning to pause so we can be thoughtfully fit. It actually made me think of a quote from a Greek Stoic philosopher who influenced the Roman emperor Marcus Aurelius or said, no man is free who is not master of himself. That struggle to master ourselves is honestly a lifelong struggle that just continues to evolve. But this idea of learning to pause and be more thoughtfully fit during those moments of provocation, I think is something that's so valuable for all of us. So I'm going to work on that. I know I need to do it in my parenting. I need to do it at work. I need to do it in honestly all my interactions with everyone. But I know the more that I can do that, the better person I'll become and the more likely I am to be able to reach my goals and become the person that I hope to be. So what about you? What was your key takeaway from the episode today? Imagine if you knew exactly what you should do to reach financial freedom. As if someone showed you your yellow brick road to your personal financial emerald city. No wasted time, no second guessing, no bad investments, and especially no winged monkeys. Just confidence and clarity as you race towards financial freedom. Well, my name is Rob Cook. I'm a CFP and a CPA, and I've dedicated the last 10 years of my life to the understanding of wealth creation and personal finances, and that's exactly what I've created for you. And the best part is, is that I'm giving it away for free. 
That's right, for free. It's what I like to call the Financial Freedom Pathfinder. Using a simple quiz, I can tell you exactly which of the 25 unique paths to financial freedom is best suited to you and your unique desires, talents, and lifestyle. And in all in less than 15 questions. Not only that, but as a bonus for completing the quiz, I'll also give you your Financial Freedom Path Education Cheat Sheet, a sheet that contains all the educational resources specific to your individual path necessary to put you on the fast track to financial freedom. And if that wasn't enough, I'll also include my Financial Freedom Foundation Guide. That is a complete list of the apps and software that I personally use to track all of my own family finances so you can ensure that your family stays on track towards financial freedom. All you need to do is visit www.contenderswanted.com slash freedom and enter your email address to get access to the quiz. Once you complete the quiz, I'll send you your personalized bonuses. So once again, that's www.contenderswanted.com slash freedom and enter your email to get access to the quiz. Stop wasting your precious time, money, and energy on paths that won't get you to your goal of financial freedom. And instead, get all the clarity, confidence, and tools you need to reach your goals with a financial freedom pathfinder. All right. Thank you for joining us today. If you haven't done so already, please remember to subscribe and tell a friend about the show. If you want to make sure you never miss an episode, be sure to visit our website at contenderswanted.com to sign up for our email newsletter. As always, a list of the resources and links we discussed, as well as a recap of the show and more about our guests can be found in the show notes. Please feel free to shoot me an email at rob at contenderswanted.com if you'd like to suggest a guest for the show or just to contact me. I'm always open to any feedback you might have and would love to hear how the show is helping you. So once again, my email is rob at contenderswanted.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, success leaves clues and contenders are always wanted.